Hey folks, this is Paper Cuts. Anybody in the audience or anyone joining us to listen to it later, if we do release this in Spotify as part of Paper and Pain podcast episodes, uh, I'm Christian. Here with me, I've got Steve and Leonard's on the way to join us in a few minutes. Steve, what are we discussing tonight, and why? Most importantly, <laughs> we we are uh, we we have lots of topic to talk about tonight. I I think it really depends on your which one you want to start first. I think I want to start with asking you and the rest of the folks in the audience how you are. Mm-hmm. How are you, folks? Uh, let us know how your week's been going so far in the chat. Because today we're going to be talking a little bit about boredom and a little bit about mm-hmm. burnout, my, 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 my personal favorite, and a little bit about information overload. So how's your Monday? Let us know how your Monday was. And Steve, how's your Monday so far? You know, I told you one thing last night. Remember I texted you that. Oh God, for the first time I feel that on the Sunday night after the, all these two days of non-stopping outdoor activities. And when I got home, I was lying on my bed and for the first never I felt why Monday is coming up like so soon. Why? It's like that's the first never in my life I feel like the anxiety of having Monday coming up and yeah so this is like 24 hours later and exactly at the same moment I feel like well yeah Monday's gone I mean there's still four days to go in this week but at least hope hope it was easier sort of yeah Leonard got it yeah (laughs) hey Christian hey Zach hey Steve hey (laughs) yeah good good to be joining um, we got it. Yeah, we, we got a couple of questions. We got a question from Schwinn as well. Wow. Uh, yeah. in, how are you, Lennox? How's your Monday so far? Oh, my Monday is great. I've had such a long but um, overall great day. Or let's say I've, I've had a long day with a really nice cap at the end of it because I'm just coming from a very lovely dinner together with um, some of the other co-organizers of Singapore Product Design um, at Nafia's house. We were, we were doing a gratitude gathering for the volunteer co-organizers um, that we've been trying to make happen for a while. So I'm, I'm really glad that we, we finally were able to tonight. We, we did like a potluck dinner where everyone uh, brought a little bit of something to eat and we all shared and um, shared our gratitude with each other so i'm all i'm all filled with with good vibes right now nice but that's why i'm late <laughs> no right, lovely yeah. we're we're uh, we're sure on a scale today it. we're on a scale from steve to leonard from someone who's been <laughs> dreading monday and is just happy for it to be over to someone who's just full of good vibes and be very productive and also very fun and uh me somewhere somewhere in the middle in between the two of you. Uh, so, I... So what are we talking about? I wanted to talk to you about three things, actually. And the... 
the three things being the bits of news and the bits of updates that we've been receiving recently in the big world of tech. And the first one, actually, something that I came across as I was catching up on my uh, Slack messages the other day. I'm going to share it in our chat, but the TLDR is that uh, Slack released this new catch-up feature where Mm -hmm. you can basically quickly catch up with everything uh, that you have in your unreads in Mm -hmm. the Tinder style, which means that you're swiping left and right to mark it as red or leave it for uh, the feature. And that leaves me extremely conflicted. And since you guys should be familiar with both that kind of interaction, okay, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you're not that familiar. Let me let me enlighten you. So Tinder is this dating app and dating is the thing that people who are not married do occasionally when they want to find somebody or they want to have fun, and you swipe left and right people that you don't like or do like, uh, respectively. So that's what uh, Slack is trying to do in order to either... I don't really know what they're trying to do here. So I wanted to get so, your so thoughts, this, folks. This, <laughs> this, dating, this dating thing that you're describing, um, so this happens in an app? Is that the way dating works? I mean, I, yeah, I've been obviously. off the market for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think the the term dating existed when I was single. But um, from what I understand, you download uh, various mm-hmm. applications onto your mobile device, and um, there are all sorts of mechanisms to connect you with other single people. Is that, so, is that you, the way it works? You know how there's like Chinese brides or like grooms markets with lots of lots of folks with umbrellas. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have seen one or two of these with like postcards that advertises their children and they're trying to matchmake them. Uh, now, in this case, you don't have those people. You just jump straight into matchmaking. You look at the profile and you either swipe left or right. You swipe left if you don't like the person that you've seen or swipe right if you do. And apparently it's extremely addictive because... It's entertaining, and it also allows you to swipe through hundreds of profiles in a very short amount of time. So what genius at Slack decided that we needed this? I I noticed this as well. I I got a notification or a prompt to to try this, and Mm -hmm. I was forced to do it, and I definitely will never be voluntarily doing it again. How about you guys? I I tried out a feature... Maybe one to two weeks ago, um, that was just like very normal Monday morning. I was on the train to the work, and suddenly there was like a notification showing up on my Slack. It's like, oh yeah, welcome! You join a new community. I open up a new community, and there's this catch up thing. Um, at the very first, I have no idea how it works, and basically just every information in the card, and the card is slightly smaller than the screen size, and you're just wondering. Well, the screen is already so information overloaded everywhere, and then now you try to squeeze all information in an even smaller card. Um, yeah, then I, then I saw what well, the card is swipe forward. Then right away I know, right away I knew that what what this for is basically the same as Tinder. So, um, okay, I think the intention was uh, for any information, any unread messages coming into your inbox, uh, it. It wants you to quickly react to it to either read it as in this is something I don't care. This is something just FYI and I read it and that's it. Or it's something that needs my further action. So I swipe left where it goes to my reminder box. This kind of thing, yeah. So at first glance, I thought it was kind of a um, very interesting interaction. But then I found is increasing annoying after using it for one or two days and it just like I just stop looking at it and just turn out the feature completely or I just <laughs> don't bother about it at all interesting yeah. uh, I'd say that 
it's it's lovely how both of you look at it from two different perspectives and you basically reach the same conclusion and uh mine is the polar opposite because i enjoy the feature a lot because uh first of all because you've been using tinder uh, for too long isn't it i do have uh, <laughs> yeah, i do have a personal <laughs> life uh no i because i like the fact that uh i can quickly just glance through everything that I've got unread and I don't have to go through multiple interfaces to do it. So it's sort of consolidated in one place uh, because mm-hmm. yes, the interaction itself is quite easy and familiar, just swiping left and right instead of again, marking it as unread one by one. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that it misses the point of uh, what made dating apps so huge back in the day was well, the, interactivity but also the entertaining part of it there's very little entertaining in going through those like endless threads and discussions or like calendar invites and everything but i'm also despite the fact that i actually did enjoy having that little feature there uh it made me very concerned made me very concerned about the fact that i'm enjoying it because it saves me so much time but also because I cannot read uh, through everything that I'm receiving in my Slack. So there's so much information mm. that I'm literally overloaded with it. And I'm about to explode mm. every time I see this like unread bubble. So with this mm. little feature, I can just quickly go through all of this. But then here comes the question. Why do I have so much information in my inbox? Mm, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, but on a different aspect. So what I'm thinking is, yes, the card is information intense, but then I have this very strong urge, just want to quickly make a decision after glancing on all the information on the card. And I know that if I go to swipe the card to the, to, to the left, and the card will stay in the inbox, and then... What's that? It's just like a reading list, and just keep piling up information. And you, you, you basically you are putting the touch to your day, and you are increasing the chance you can't fulfill anything by the end of the day because since you just keep coming in. So I have this urge to swipe to the right, which is something like I can just quickly read and dismiss. But the problem is there are lots of cards are not meant for you to quickly read through and make a decision right away. So most likely, intuitively, um, I should actually swipe to the left. But then I also know that if I swipe to the left, I'm going to overload myself a lot for the second part of the day. And no, it, it just doesn't work. So what are the two actions? It's like you swipe one way on the Slack notifications and it's mark is red, you swipe the other way, and it's remind me again about this later? It just leaves it in, in your inbox, essentially, as, mm. as an unread message. So the idea is that you can quickly swipe through lots and lots of notifications instead of muting everything, and instead of going through channels one by one, and you just leave them there. And the ones that you do want to sort of leave... Uh, for later and attend to later, you come back to them when you're ready. Okay. I mean, first of all, I think I hate this this interaction pattern, this swipe left, swipe right thing. Um, but also, it's it's like so it's played out. They came up with that novel interaction in 2013. Is that right? So it's been over a decade now. Yeah. yeah. Here's what we need now. We need the TikTok scroll <laughs> to, to, oh. to process your oh, Slack yeah. notifications. You just swipe <laughs> up, next, next, next. <laughs> I can do it on the toilet during my break. Aren't you even <laughs> alarmed with the fact that uh, we're not only simplifying the things, but we are welcoming the sort of endless flood of information into our lives, and it gets out of control really quickly. Another bit of news, for example, is 
another link that I sent in the chat is Gmail introducing this chat-like UI, which is like, hey, we had those neatly organized emails for you that had been around for, what, 40 years now. How about we actually put it all together into one chat and it's going to look like a chat so that you can exchange emails quickly, which is actually what a lot of other email clients uh, have already been doing for years. But Mm -hmm. it begs the question, we've got Slack uh, and we've got threads in there for a reason, but then Mm -hmm. we are drowning in information. So we need to invent or borrow a way of interacting with it that will make it easier for us to digest or rather dismiss as much of it as possible and then just focus on the one that matters. Gmail says the same thing. It's like, oh, you have so many emails. How about we just bundle them together in those little chats and you're just going to read the ones that you really feel that are important and then the rest of them you just mark as read, maybe just glance through them really quickly. So Mm -hmm. there's so much information that it loses any value don't you think so okay so 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 maybe we, we can just we can uh verbalize a little bit more what this gmail uh ui pattern is a bit so i i think the key here is that they've put the uh input um at the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. so it's yeah. it's stuck to the bottom of the screen and it starts out as this input bubble um that's quite small um more akin to a uh a messenger app interface than a traditional email um composition interface which would have a larger text field right yeah that's that's what we're talking about so um, is, so yeah you have an interaction that comes from one platform introduced to another platform because the essentially the whole idea of emails like it it overgrew itself in a way and the same thing happened to slack it's like so many things happening all at once that you need another way of interacting with it. And apparently swiping left and right for threads and uh, replying in the chat interface instead of in the mailbox format is the way to go. Well, I think these two news stories are quite interesting to see in relation to each other. Because if we think about what Slack is or how it initially hit the market, it was an email killer. It was saying... Okay, well, at work, <laughs> you no longer have to um, button up your your uh, your formal shirt and and tie your tie and sit down at your computer and compose a formal email. You can just uh, text message each other like we were doing um, on American Online mm-hmm. uh, before yeah. that. So the, the <laughs> argument then was, all right, well work email is dead people are going to work more efficiently if they can be a little bit more casual a little less buttoned up um and it's it's going to remove like some of that needless bureaucracy um that emails introduce but then here we have slack i mean slack i I feel like is already also on its way out um Mm -hmm. because i I think it like doesn't connect with the next generation Mm -hmm. but slack is trying to uh desperately uh, very transparently uh (laughs) Uh, redefine its interaction pattern by like making you feel like you're on a dating app or whatever. But but w- where I see the connection here is that both of them are trying to um, uh, play with the levels of formality um, that are associated with those interaction patterns. Um, and I think it's kind of creepy in Slack's mm-hmm. case where like, I don't want to feel like I'm on a freaking dating app when I'm checking work emails. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, like, don't encroach on that. We're a family here. Society. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like an incestuous family. Um, but then the same thing about email. Like, I mean, wh- what does this mean here? Like, if if email just becomes like chat, then like, what what are we doing? So so I'm I'm in 
school right now i'm in a like a grad school program and already i like see the professors complaining all the time that yeah. the younger generation of students like don't know how to write emails and they just write like one line uh one sentence emails and send them off and it drives professors nuts they hate that yeah <laughs> funny how it's a, it's a it's a polar opposite uh like i'm having a polar opposite experience maybe it's because i'm uh, i don't want to say it I'm gonna say it. Maybe it's because I'm younger than you are. <laughs> so, in a, <laughs> so in a way, I'm like, I'm 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 looking at it from a slightly different perspective. I mm-hmm. uh, I'm not that young, so I obviously don't fully understand how, for example, uh, the Gen Z folks think and how they interact with one another, how they interact with information. Christian, and, are you a cusper? Are you Gen Z millennial cusp? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea. Probably. The, the boundary is just getting too blurry nowadays. But okay, oh, it, it, it doesn't like, doesn't yeah. doesn't doesn't really matter. What what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say is that I can definitely see some uh, some use cases, or at least for myself. Uh, maybe it's because of ADHD. And the fact that I'm terrified of information in general, and if you give me, if you give me this gateway into satisfying my urge to have everything under control, so basically marking everything as red, and at the same time you don't force me to go manually into each of the threads, I'm happy with it, and I don't mind if I have to like swipe left or right, if I have to tap one button or three buttons, if it's just a quick and easy way, I take it. Maybe it's a gimmicky thing. And again, I'm less concerned with the interaction itself. I'm much more concerned with the fact that we have to come up with it because we're drowning. We're drowning in all the information that we create. And now we're going to drown in information that will be created for us. Everything I've seen so far is not just about the information overloading or overstimulating. I think what I see everywhere is people want us as users to move faster, to make decisions quicker, to read faster, to read more, and to spend more time on every app, which are like grabbing attentions from users every single second, every single minute, every single moment when your eyes are opened. So Leonard, what's your most used app? What are your most used apps on your phones? Folks in the audience, what are um, the most used apps on your phones that you've got today? I can tell you, my, I don't have my phone in my room with me. No, you, um, I'm, I'm not asking I'm, for like objective to say. data. What do you think? You can see on an iPhone, right? You can see the. You can see. Let me um, check mine. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So, oh, yeah. uh, what what do I? I mean, without looking at the actual data, which is probably different from what my perceived most use mm-hmm. is. Um, I mean, probably like Chrome, uh, mm-hmm. Netflix, and we're just talking about like minutes spent on it, but that's just mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. watching yeah. media. Yeah. I mean, actively, let's, um, let's, that's, that's why I don't really want to look at the data numbers. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. what, what is the app that you actively use the most? So these days it's, it's, it's probably going to be web browser. It's probably going to be Chrome. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe WhatsApp is going to be up there. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. Gmail. Mm-hmm. But notice that I did not mention any social media application. Because these days, I don't use any social media. We've um, established well, Link- we've established that you are a bit. You are of age. You're of that beautiful <laughs> golden age when when you're happy and you have a beautiful world in front of you, and you don't have to know what Tinder is. I'm not like a like a I'm not a senior citizen. Come on, uh, but I am like blissfully. Um, free from social media now. I mean, really the only thing that mm-hmm. I remained on, I mean, I, so I was using LinkedIn pretty heavily for like, um, 
career building and networking. Mm-hmm. So, and social stuff. media, and, and, and LinkedIn in the same media. sentence. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Social media? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in, insofar as like, it helps with uh, job hunting and network building. But mm-hmm. these days, I'm using it very, very little. Mm-hmm. Um, the only like actual social social media addiction that I had for a while was really Twitter. I, I was like quite a avid Twitter user. Mm-hmm. Up until last year, man, when pre-acquisition, um, Musk took it over. And, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, he just to me, honestly, I, I I don't have a strong opinion about it. Uh, other than that, the experience became so miserable for me personally. Mm-hmm. I just lost the desire to use it, and so mm-hmm. now I'm not on anything. <laughs> I, mean, Steve- I read the news. I go to I go to Google Chrome. Mm-hmm. I like. Uh, uh, go to some news media websites and I'll just kind of do like kind of a comparative survey of what different global outlets are reporting about various stories to kind of suss out an approximation of reality. And that's kind of it. All right. So you see Leonard, Leonard here is actively filtering the information he's consuming and is slowly, uh, uh, gradually detoxifying himself from like social media and as a result maybe he's just not exposed to as much of this informational overload as we are uh steve what are your most used apps don't lie all right I, i'm not I, i'm looking at my phone right now so yeah 100 percent um my most used top five pro the apps on my phone today is number one telegram number two safari number three mail number four messages number five discord okay and so you've at least yeah you've at least got a couple of of things that you're using right there uh that are socials yeah, are you getting actually, your news on telegram as well oh yeah yeah sure telegram is not just like messaging that it's actually a social media app um, but yes, and then if you switch to show category instead of showing apps or websites, it shows I am actually spending uh, four hours, around four hours on social, and then two hours and three minutes on productivity and finance, and then mm-hmm. uh, 15 five minutes on creativity, including apps like Photos, Logic Pro, Camera, <laughs> Free Phone. YouTube. So you have a little bit, a little bit less <laughs> yeah. of a filter, a little bit uh-huh. less of a filter when it comes to social media, and it, a little more information coming your way. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the reasons is because I uninstall my Instagram, so it, it, it's not even yeah. there. So yeah, uh, I think uh, again, folks in the audience, I'm actually really curious to know uh, what are the apps that you're using. Uh, what are the top used apps that you even know that you use most or you feel like you use most? Because you can, in my yeah, case... you can check that out on your screen it, time settings. The top two would be uh, Reddit mm. and Telegram. And You're I'm not actually... Okay, I'm not posting or commenting on Reddit, but I'm consuming information there. So most of the news, most of the tips, and a lot of just... just fun little things uh whenever you need to kill time whenever you want to read something really quickly or whenever you want to just discover new things like movie recommendations or anything but i did notice one thing and the thing that again we started discussing today uh that in case of reddit is even more uh relevant and more scary to be honest uh it is that there's just way too much information everywhere. And every time you open the app, when it's Telegram, uh, you don't feel that because everything is sort of boxed nicely. So you have your little chats, you have your like news boxes, you have some entertainment, maybe you do have some socials there, but you don't have the feed and you don't have this single view where you would access all the information nicely organized by some sort of an algorithm but in case of Mm -hmm. socials like instagram like 
I'm I'm really happy that neither of us mentioned TikTok, for example. But uh, in case of any uh, socials with an active feed, uh, there's this sense of information that never ends. A feed that is constantly overloaded with new stuff. LinkedIn is actually like it has become this. And I absolutely hate the fact that it's using this smart feed, which forces me mm -hmm. to lose information all the time. Like I glance at a post that I want to just check out and I walk away from my computer and I come back in a couple hours and the feed had already refreshed and there's some other things and I can't even find it anymore. And it's not just this, but the fact that there's so many things across all of the social platforms, across all of the uh, websites that use those tactics to lure you in and keep you there. You, mm -hmm. You're always under this pressure, tremendous pressure to keep exploring, to keep going, to keep looking for things and to keep consuming things, which in... A way, I believe, forces the giants like Slack and Google to come up with new ways to ease this for you so that you can consume more, whether to be more productive or to just spend more time on their platform. You do realize the more time we spend on the platform, the more revenue we're actually generating. It's like... I mean we are exchanging the time with the money that goes to their pocket. I mean, for socials, yes, definitely. And again, this, is, this isn't just about the platform, but the fact that we find ourselves in situations where this endless stream of information just doesn't seem to end. As a matter of fact, we are reaching the point where we keep creating more and more regardless of whether it's a social platform or even the work chats, right? The information had slowly lost its value in and of itself, and we need to consume as much as we can. So, I want to tell a joke. You want to hear one? Is it yes, a please. dead joke? Mm, with all the social media app we just mentioned, we forgot once in Microsoft Teams. Is Microsoft Teams a joke? Well, it's supposed to be, isn't it? Oh, that's okay, tell us, tell, well. tell us a joke. <laughs> okay, so what I'm trying to say is if you go to Microsoft <coughs> Teams and it's supposed to be a productivity tool, right? And now if you look at Teams, how it works. I don't know if you're using Teams in your organization, but I think Leonard, you know what I'm talking about. And a few audience in the audience. Yeah, the there. one that the one that doesn't work at all. It's always buggy. But not just that. You open up. It never work, worked, and it never will work. It would never work. And the most horrible thing is the information on Microsoft Teams is chaotic as the information on LinkedIn. And you would never sort out like what are important information and what are just junks. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the only the only time I actually huh. did use Teams was when I had my student account and that was the only platform where I could chat with people lucky uh, without the like one hour cap that Google Meet had and with 45 minutes that Zoom had at the time. I don't know if they still have those. So, yeah, I've, I have no idea how that works. Uh, but, Leonard, let me ask you something. Uh, is a person who's not actively consuming information the same way as uh, we do, or at least as someone who knows how to filter this information. Are you ever... Do, do you ever feel overloaded? Do you ever feel like there's just way too many things going on? And how are you dealing with it? Yeah, man. I mean, 
I, I also think that I kind of am in, in a different point in my life than you guys. I uh, have a family. I have a, a kid in primary school. Um, so a, a lot of this, I've just had to draw a line in the sand and set boundaries uh, proactively with how much I allow my my energy to just like get sucked away by um, all of these uh, like energy vampires, mm -hmm. um, all these, you know, these social media applications, these news applications, these communication applications, um, and, and especially by work. Um, I just have like pretty clear boundaries between my work and my uh, like actual life obligations because don't get me wrong my work is important to me but it's nowhere near as important to me as my family it's also not as important to me as my schoolwork mm -hmm. that stuff is more important to me so uh yeah i mean i i think like currently now being um like off social media has opened up uh has opened up all these little pockets in my day-to-day -day life like all these little times when I, I can actually feel it like like i feel the i feel the absence of social media like i'll be sitting on the bus mm -hmm. and suddenly i'll get the sensation you know what this would be a time where i previously may have pulled out my phone because I was just bored with like my current situation and my current environment. But instead of doing that, I'm just going to sit here and not do anything. <laughs> but by doing that, I think I'm like conserving my energy a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like instead of like giving it away to this um, like black hole, trying to use this gravitational force to suck my attention and like suck my spirit, my life essence into it. I, I just like conserve it in myself and then I'm able to go home and I'm able to be like slightly more <laughs> attentive as a father, which is a big life goal of mine or be, I, you know, a little bit more studious and I'm able to read books a little bit more now. It's, mm. it's great guys. Yep. It's Are you totally doing great. all of that with the power of will or... Are there any like pieces of tech that help you in this? As in, I've seen a lot of people who have like Steve being one of them, for example, who have those various focus modes on their phone. No, no, there's no tech. That's the problem. That's like <laughs> you, your instincts are all off about this. No, the you just have to um, just be a normal human for a second. So I mean, in order, my, my, in order okay. to disconnect, you actually need to disconnect, right? Yeah, just cold turkey or wean yourself off. I mean, it, you know, I, I have constant human reminder. Like I have uh, a partner who I um, have to cooperate with or I get to. I, I have the pleasure of living with this wonderful person in my life um, who I, I'm partnered with. Um, and we're partnered in, in raising this child. And this child is constantly... Um, reminding me that I need to be paying attention to him um, more so than any uh, any any dumb application on my phone would be. So yeah, I mean, I, I if we're just talking about like contrast between probably what my day to day life and um, you you guys lives are like, that's probably mm. the biggest difference. Hmm. Uh, Steve, yeah, tell man, me, it's like mm. tell. Can you can you can you try and convince Leonard otherwise? Because I know that you rely a lot on things like focus modes. You have mm -hmm. your entire life in your calendar. You've got mm -hmm. all of those things written down, and you have all all sorts of technologies keeping you like, or mm -hmm. rather, are you in control or are they in control of you? Either way, mm -hmm. what is your argument for actually right. using tech? in order to reduce the information overload for yourself. Yeah. Um, first of all, don't judge me. Don't. Oh, no, no judgment in I, this space. 
Okay. Um, I already judged you before whatever you're about to say. Don't worry, I'm not going to again. All right. So just joking. Joking aside, is um, I, I think the the most important thing is uh, you have the self awareness of it. Um, I'm not saying technology is completely doing bad for you. Um, only if you don't know how to handle it properly. I, I some. Uh, for example, if I'm I'm putting all the focus modes there, or I'm using those because um, it's just a click away, and I preset all the different things so I can just click in and right away I switch into a different mode. Yeah, um, maybe because physically and mentally I'm not strong enough, I'm not capable enough to doing so. So I have to use the 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 aid from modern technology to help me achieve that. And as for the information overload, for example, Chris, you know that um, my email inbox is always zero by the end of the day. So, um, so what I normally do is I run a habit of filtering my inbox. If the email coming in, I never got a time, and I'll right away do that. You know, it's like I read the email. Does it matter to me? If no, delete it. If it's matter to me, do I need to reply now? Then if yes, I'll reply right away and after that I'll archive it. So basically I, I develop a framework that somehow works for me. So at the end of the day, the email inbox is like a to-do list for me. And I mean the ultimate goal is just to get things done. And somehow it works for me. Uh, unlike what we usually do. Uh, uh-huh. I think we usually we usually try to reach some sort of a conclusion, or at the very least, give a little bit of an advice that is relevant for designers, or at the very least, product people. But I kind of feel like I have the urge to actually encourage people to uh, not only focus on how they live their lives and how they consume the information, but also on how they sort of help their users and whether they contribute to an overload or their decisions ultimately contribute to this overload or, or it actually helps eliminate it. Like if you're, for example, designing banking apps, so like Steve and Leonard, they're working on tech that is not necessarily prone to the same thing. Although again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm seeing a lot of lifestyle content that banks are pushing for. I see a lot of like engagement bits here and there. Mm-hmm. So it sort of tries to drag me into it. And again, it's quite a lot of information when banks are sending me push notifications five times a day with some bits and pieces that I don't even need to see, to be honest. But mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of Uh, And again, what I encourage people in the audience to think about, because I don't think I have an answer to this. We have examples right in front of us of companies that are trying to fight the overload that they themselves have basically caused one way or the other, right? Or at least they've contributed to it. It's like... uh, You have applications that have built-in timers. Netflix will tell you uh, that... Mm -hmm. Well, Netflix will ask you if you are asleep, basically, but it will tell you that you're spending too much time watching it after, if I'm not mistaken, six hours of continuous Mm -hmm. watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, Slack will now want you to swipe left and right. Gmail would want (laughs) you to reply in chat. And it's, uh, as far as I remember, Chinese applications also have this sort of like a limitation for younger audiences as to how many hours a day they can spend, like an hour a week or something they can spend playing games or so. I'm not oh, talking yeah, about even the Xbox ex- is doing that, right? If yeah. you play so, the game for too long, yeah, it's like there's a pop-up notification. You'll be online for like two hours, time to rest your eyes. Yeah, yeah but even, even with all of that, well... Uh, I want to encourage everybody to ask, uh, what is the impact that our decisions have on our users? And are we contributing to overloading them with more information that they don't need because we want them to spend more time with our product? Are we forcing them to produce more content or are we forcing them to consume more than they actually need? 
are we encouraging that sort of behavior? Are we the symptom and the cause of the disease or are we the ones infected with it? And kind of feel like that is the ground for reflection rather than a concrete answer because I don't know, I do feel overwhelmed most of the time in ironically being on a social platform right now. I have lots and lots of unread messages that are bothering me, but I literally have no time nor any desire to go and check any of them out. Yep, so normally we'll end the session with a few statements, but I think today we're ending the session with more like a question. Um, yeah, it's, it's just something yeah to... To digest a bit so, so so guys i think we have some listener questions that people submitted mm -hmm. um maybe we can uh do a round of mailbag and if yeah, you folks so. have more questions anything you want us to quickly cover uh there's a chat box over there or you can just raise your hand we'll add you to the uh, speaker stage and you can just ask your question Okay, so I'll, I'll read the question. So first is from Xuan of Kiasu Design Life. So we have Kiasu Design Life versus Paper and Pain. Yay. Oh, no, 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 it's yeah. not even, it's not, not even a battle. It's like, come on. It's not, it's not. <laughs> what are you saying? There's I, no, there's I, no I, contest? I'm, I'm throwing in the towel right away. No. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Shren's question is, how do you explain your job to your auntie and uncles who have no idea what UX slash product design is? Hmm. Awkward silence is a really good answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you can always try telling them that you are building websites but if they don't know what a website is, that might be a little challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, you can always tell them that uh, you are a designer, but many of them don't really know what a designer is. So in this case, it's like, just tell them that you work in a company mm -hmm. and that you make money. And that's as much as they need to know, really. <laughs> And if they want to know more, says, you can invite them to a design thinking workshop. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, it, it, if I were the person to answer the question, I'll be, well, yeah, mm, I'll probably tell my auntie and uncle, I am a designer. Basically, <clears throat> I make websites. And make apps and do it over and over again so you can download it all the time and you can always get the latest updates that's it leonard how do your children tell you that they are designers huh you think i'm an auntie and uncle <laughs> um, sorry another another old person that's the last old <laughs> person joke for today okay i mean I don't know how old you think I am. Okay, so, so I was at a family reunion in the States last year. Mm. And I don't know, I think like my cousins and my uncles, like they kind of think I do graphic design. Mm -hmm. um, and like some of them kind of know what graphic design is. Um, sometimes I say, I, like I design technology. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's kind of the end of the conversation like there's no way to in, engage like my aunt because they don't know what design statement. technology means at all yeah there's like so, three words in a row and out of all of them it's like four is the only word that you actually understand <laughs> and design and technology are like <laughs> yeah yeah i i don't know i think i mean and then I don't think I can explain to my aunt what I do, but I don't think, I think that's, that's fine. And she doesn't mind not knowing <laughs> like she's, she's okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Mm. And she's like, okay, that's nice. Let's, uh, let's eat some fried chicken. Now, if you want but an honest actually, answer, mm. 
You can always just say, I work with computers. If they ask what computers <laughs> I do, are... I do say that. I do say that. Yeah. If they ask what computers are, they're probably not your target audience. Don't even bother. <laughs> All right, guys. But this series a bit... Uh, I just thought about this deeper. Um, you know, Richard Feynman said something like that. If you can't explain something you're working on or something you you think you understand in the very layman's turn, or if you can't explain to the five years old, maybe you don't really understand it that much. Oh, yes. I do, can, I can definitely we, yeah. raise my hand and say, I don't understand what I'm doing most of the time, and that would be pretty true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I I can't explain it to my kid. My kid gets it. He has no problem understanding it. So th- I think I think that's deceptively actually much easier of a proposition than explaining oh, yeah. it to someone of a previous generation. How did you oh, explain yeah. to your kids? Oh, he knows he knows all the terminology. I mean, he uses an iPad every day. He uh-huh. he gets it. I mean, he 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 calls himself a little designer. Ooh. He's like, I'm a little designer. He likes he likes coming Aww. to the design meetups, and he mm-hmm. I mean he he attends the lectures and he comes to Singapore Product Design events. So oh yes, he's actually quite. You did you did you seen him that? around? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah he I was met there him. Last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets it. I mean, I mean, since he was he's seven now, but since he was younger than he is today, um, he understands. He even understands like the whole process. He's like, yeah, you have to kind of like sketch and think with your hands, and then you can mm-hmm. kind of move to to working on the computer to figure out ideas. You can do some animation, you can do illustration, you can do prototyping. You know, I think the whole thing is about scientific methodology. When we're talking all about Scrum, we're talking about making MVP, making iteration. It's basically the same thing as scientific method. Well, he's seven, so he'll get there. Yeah, but... One way when or the other. When you were seven years old, what design was not the thing, but when you were seven years old, you were told by the textbook how scientific method is. Or you be, yeah, doing experiments. Yeah. Doing experiments and testing them. Yeah, come up with a hypothesis. You're designing an experiment and testing out if it's working or not. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, speaking, of, speaking of experiments, we've got a question from Zach there. Uh, Leonard, mm-hmm. to you, how do you network effectively on LinkedIn to help your career? And let me add to that, have you experimented with different ways to expand and build your proper network on LinkedIn? And what are the results of your experiments there? Oh, man. The answer, I, I can give a real answer to this, but it's extremely embarrassing. Humiliating, actually. Yes, um, it's, it's an evening of humiliation. Please proceed. <laughs> okay, so listen. I, I went from mm-hmm. having, I think, 400 connections on LinkedIn to mm-hmm. having... Um, uh, yeah, from 400 to 4,000. So I, I multiplied my LinkedIn connections by 10 in the course of a year. And the way I did it was um, I, w- I just sent out requests. I just sent out connection requests. Like, that's it. I just hmm. blind sent out requests. I, I, would, I would just search for people under terms like designer. Uh-huh. Or I would filter to, like, location Singapore, designer in Singapore. I sent out requests to, like, everyone in Singapore who had designer in their LinkedIn profile. Oh. So if you're listening to this, you likely got a connection request on LinkedIn for me. Um, LinkedIn has a cap. They have, I think they have a weekly cap of like 100 or they did like last year or, or a year and a half ago whenever I started doing this. Yeah. Um, so you get to 100 and then you get a notification saying like, hmm, you're sending a lot of messages. Uh, the way LinkedIn works is you're only supposed to send messages to people you actually know in real life. So maybe you should double check. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. And then you just wait until the clock resets the next week and then you just do the same process. I just had a, a, a reminder for myself mm-hmm. to do it every week and I would just do it every week. And I would, I don't know, I would mix up the search terms. I would mix up locations. Sometimes I would um, like add a bunch of designers from Vietnam or I would add a bunch of designers from... Uh, Sri Lanka or from Ukraine um, and yeah I just like grew my uh, network bit by bit and then it, it's it's kind of a compounding growth 
in in terms of the networking. So like once you, it, it's like a snowball effect, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, I would just do that. I just had like I had a habit of for over the course of several months, sending out four five hundred requests a month. Um, and then eventually it added up to thousands. And then now I, I don't do that anymore, but I just kind of organically, because my, my connection count is so high, mm-hmm. I just naturally get a bunch of incoming connection requests and it just sort of like mm-hmm. grows now. It's very weird, but that's the way to hack that system. Now, now that's how I grew that number. But, but I think Zach's question is how did I actually leverage LinkedIn? Um, like, for some kind of purpose like job hunting. Well, then I would just find people I wanted to actually connect with and I would uh, cold send them a message and say, hey, I'm interested in understanding more about the design culture at your organization. You wanna meet up, you wanna go get a coffee. That's it, man. And then you just go get coffee with people. Um, and then eventually you, I mean, but, but then you have to actually be genuinely interested in that person. You, you have to be authentic. And if you, you want to buy me just... a coffee, you can reach out to me any time of the day. Don't have to wait. You can just buy me a coffee. More than happy to add you on LinkedIn. <laughs> How how did we meet? That's probably how I met you guys. I don't know. No, no. I, I think we. It's all, I think it's all blur now. I think we've met through the events, the Singapore product design events, most likely. But yeah, it's crazy. it's funny how your strategy is actually the polar opposite of mine, because when I started growing my LinkedIn, uh, I literally had no one and nothing. There was like eighty people there, literally zero zero followers. Uh, I do have like 1,500 folks that follow me and about slightly less than 1,000 of those that I connected with. But uh, I never send requests uh, to people that like who I don't know personally, but I'm receiving a lot of requests and I'm usually adding people to, to, to my little, uh, little followers group. But I started with producing content and... I didn't want to do it on just a regular basis for the sake of churning something out. As a matter of fact, I want to do something meaningful and more or less useful so that I would write articles and I would publish them. The one from last year on like the future of UX uh, got me like 20,000 views in less than a month and a lot of people just reached out and a lot of people who wanted to connect and talk to me after that, which worked out really well because I found a lot of really good folks who I still in touch with and we're pretty good friends from the community. And it, again, it opens up a lot of different perspectives because you can meet someone who's going to offer you a job. You can meet someone who's going to find you a gig. Once you show in whatever it is that you're producing that you have some value, to bring to the table, people may actually appreciate that, you know. And I started publishing not only articles about design, but I also started writing things about uh, ADHD and mental impairments and mental wellness in general. I started writing about burnouts. I started writing about accessibility. Uh, all of the things that I, again, were related to my career professionally, but were not necessarily... Uh, something that people on LinkedIn would often uh, post. The uh, lot of people who just share things like, oh, this is a new design, or I'm happy to announce that I'm doing this and that. Yeah, th- that kind of content is still there. But I try to add a little bit of value in following me or like adding me and people responded to it by doing that. And I'm more than happy to stay connected now. And again, if anybody wants to buy me coffee, you know where to find me. <clears throat> I drink double espressos. Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't drink double espressos at 10. It's a good time for maybe a macchiato or something. But...
or an avocado. That, that's that's a that's a good way to grow organically. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, grow I, grow I, organically I, into a heart attack, you know, with mm, that amount mm. of coffee. But I, I yeah. think you guys chose what um, the, the the most comfortable way comfortable way you, you guys are doing with to to grow your audience or to to leave some impact. Uh, I, I mean, I'm naturally no really right shy. And I'm terrified of reaching out to people if I don't know them personally. Uh, so if I'm not on stage or if I'm not in a situation where I'm fully comfortable, I will not be reaching out like cold calls, reaching to someone I don't know, sending them a connection request. I'm just terrified. I'd rather spend two months working on an article that like mm -hmm. 20,000 people will read and 500 will reach out and add me. I'm satisfied with that. But Leonard is doing mm -hmm. something opposite to that and it works out as well. So I don't know. I, I think maybe it came from, I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit uh, numb to that uh, embarrassment or something. I mean, I, <laughs> I also have somewhat of a background in doing user research and like going and, Mm -hmm. like surveying people on the street oh surveying people you, is fun it's like one one thing is when you're asking them questions another one is when you're selling yourself yeah well i mean in either case i think you can kind of disconnect a little bit or or just sort of like it, it's weird the first couple and then you just kind of shift into okay well this is what we're yeah. doing now let's just do it What's the worst that could happen? I, I think that's the attitude that people should take, by the way. What's the worst that could happen uh, yeah. throughout the entire job hunting experience? Yeah. And just, like, like put yourself out there, man. Just, like, go do it. Just yeah. don't do anything truly embarrassing. Don't do anything that will actually have repercussions or consequences for you. But, yeah, sending a pitch deck, sending a CV to somebody, just asking them to connect with you. The worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to ignore you. If you ever dated, you know what it is mm -hmm. and you know what it's like. And it only hurts the first couple of times. Then it gets best. I, I think we need to design a, a, a HR recruitment platform based on the Tinder swipe left, swipe right. I think like there's so many of sort of them just like CV. that. There's so many platforms that tried this, and some of them are still out there, surprisingly, because the idea of Tinder was that you would just take a quick glance at somebody and you'd be like, yes, I like this. No, I don't like this. And it would just go like that. You can't really make the same decision, you know, and whether you want to hire someone or not. But... For some other things, yeah, maybe we do need to be able to, you know, reduce the amount of information, just make quicker decisions. I wish I wish everything in my life, I wish, I wish every decision I ever made going throughout my day could be reduced to a swipe left or a swipe right. Every single thing. That's how I want to live my life. That's the only way that I want to interact with reality from now on, either swiping left direction or swiping right direction. Well, if there's anything that our today's live stream managed to achieve is we introduced Leonard to a decade-old piece of technology and I've, I've he come is full circle. in I, I'm love with now. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm genuinely happy for you. Is <laughs> that one little thing that, you know, just, just made my day today. But in, in, in all seriousness, sometimes uh, living in the world with so many things to choose from, with so much information to consume, making mm -hmm. quick decisions is the skill that you might need to develop. And making them just like that is something that you could greatly benefit from. There's so many things that you would rather focus on. Just imagine that you're swiping left and right on things and life would be much easier, especially when it's something that, you know, doesn't really have any severe consequence. You're choosing your morning coffee or you 
deciding whether to go for a walk or read a book or things like that just just imagine that you're swiping left and right to this like mental image of it i think the next the next batman villain should be a, like a, an updated version of two-face wait with fi- flipping with, a coin with, he's with with faces of bezos and elon musk and yeah he's, and he only swipes yeah. He's swiping in all four directions. But the the trick is, like, both have the same result. Oh, yes. All right, guys, I got to go to bed. I think all of us do. So So let's swipe right on the proposition. Uh, Thanks, everybody, who dialed in tonight, and thank you for staying so late. Uh, We love you all. Especially those of you who stayed until the very bitter end of this little talk. Uh, Take care. Please don't let this bit of information overload you. Thanks for chilling with us this Monday evening. Have a good night, everyone. We love you. Good night. Thank you, guys.